Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that is my burden to carry. With me, as always, the voice of the people, the skeptic, Kristen Suttered. Hi, Kristen. Hello, Joe. Kristen, we begin something special here today. Would you call it special coverage? It's a little different than special coverage because we're not exactly covering the nominees. We This is a, really our reach out program. Uh, our outreach program. Reach out go. program. Our reach out program. At, yeah, our, at our podcast, we call it a reach out program. I know mm-hmm. outreach program might be the more common term, but no, it's our reach out program. We are calling people voters. We're getting them on the horn. We are trying to make a difference. We are putting on the pollster hat or we're putting on the electioneering hat, depending on the stage of the process. We catch some of these people. But yes, we did this a little bit last year. We're going to do this again this year. Calling people up. Here we go. I mean, getting them on the do we do we have a plan? Do we have a strategy, Joe? I, that is I a don't great have question, one. Kristen. Uh, yes, that, we, do. we do have. I mean, we've talked about this a little. I think the big artists to try and advocate for, you know, I think not unlike last year, we go for Dionne Warwick if we can, if we convince some people you that would You're be not good. worried about her reticence to, it, it gives me pause. I, I've been, pause if, has been hit for listen, me. Listen, to me, it is a little bit of a cool factor of like, yeah, I mean, I don't care, whatever. You think she's like, you know, the best offense is a good defense. It's she's the just type like, of if thing, I didn't get in, it, yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me because I don't of even thing care. We see with a lot of artists that eventually get in is, you know, they, they keep some distance in the nomination process to shield themselves, especially when you've been burned before. But listen, she did not try to withdraw her name from <laughs> the ballot. So good God. I think- I think an advocacy there for her is still fine and worth it. She's the only black woman on the ballot. I feel like we should. And then, of course, Pat Benatar is someone we should try to. Patty B. Patty B herself. Yeah. So those are the two. And then beyond that, I'm kind of like if people want to vote who they want to vote for. I don't think there's anybody I'm really... Yeah, there's no wrong answer necessarily on the ballot. Do you think, what do you think about Dolly votes? Are you going to be, how, how are you approaching the Dolly vote? Good question. I will tell people, you know, it's interesting because we would have said at one point she doesn't need it. And now it's that she doesn't want it. Yeah. So I'm going to, yeah, I guess I'll tell people like, especially if they're going to, if it's between Dolly and Pat, for example, mm-hmm. and they're leaning Dolly, I'll say Mm, maybe give it to someone like Pat who not as though Pat like really wants it, but like at this point certainly hasn't withdrawn her name. It's going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah. There's nobody who I would encourage anyone to shy away from. I feel like the people that we're going to be talking to are going to, I'd say, look for some New York dolls votes again. You know, mm-hmm. I'd say probably we're going to see some maybe people kicking it to the MC5 as well. And then yeah. I don't even know. I mean, this is just things have gone wild. I just do not know what to expect from this year's class. And we thought the ballot was boring and it just got a whole lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So we'll we'll see. And we'll be calling people up. Some of them have already turned their ballots. So, they're you know, this is just a 
informal poll and then some people haven't filled it out and that's where it gets really interesting yeah let's meet those voters well i'm excited to i'm excited for our first people that we're talking to to be uh folks that we talk to with some frequency people we know people we love to have on the show one of the first nomcom folks that we've ever had on the show we've talked to him on zoom we've talked to him in person a number of times former but longtime nominating committee member and because he's a friend of the show i'm going to say legendary publicist Bob Merlis. You know, it's funny. Somebody introduced me to somebody else as uh, a publicity guru. I said, I'm more like Fakir than guru. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. We'll keep that in the file. And then, uh, you know, Bob is not alone, at least in the Zoom, he's not. We've got friend of Merlis, an FOM. We've got another former, but someone who had been on the nominating committee for 25-ish years. Greg Geller. Hey, Greg. Hi, guys. Good to be back with you. So glad to have you both here. What what a dream. What a treat. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I've, I've heard rumblings about kind of who received a physical ballot, who didn't receive a physical ballot. Yeah, well, let's, re- let's I, I review. I moved residences. I always had the ballot sent to my home address, figuring that you never know when you're going to leave the office. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year I moved and the Ballot didn't show up, and I thought they were trying to tell me something. So I asked, mm-hmm. and I sent uh, the people I perceived to be the powers that be a list of artists that I had represented in one way or another who were <laughs> who were inducted. And I'm not breaking up groups into individuals. It It's about 35 names. And then a, a ballot came back to me in the email. So I guess... Bob, out here, will not be silenced, will not go quietly into that dark night. No, the legacy of Percy Sledge lives on. (laughs) Flexing the muscle of the 30-plus inductees that he has been responsible for. I I got him in. I just, in one way or another, I I was their PR rep. Yeah, legendary, I've heard. That's what they're saying, (laughs) apparently. It's true. It's absolutely true. I can vouch for that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Bob, you you printed out your your ballot, so we do have something to mark. And yours is is unmarked. You have a sharpie. And then Greg, are we? You have an, an official one, also, also unmarked. Unmarked. Wow. Exciting. To, Two to, blank slates. Because I think when we've talked to you guys in the past, we we got in a little late and we missed the process. So it's exciting to see where the where the marker shall lie. Well, the truth, of, the truth of the matter is, I didn't figure out who I was going to vote for until last night under the pressure of this impending uh, Zoom meeting. And who's to say those decisions will will remain after we're through with you? (laughs) I mean, I I know who I believe I'm going to vote for, but I I could be swayed, I suppose. Greg Greg has an inordinate amount of influence over me. I always thought he was one of the most knowledgeable guys. And vice versa. He's so knowledgeable. I mean, you know, I went to college with Greg and I went, holy mackerel, this guy knows a lot of stuff, <laughs> uh, not just about rock and roll, but, uh, you know, about uh, country music and folk music, et cetera, et cetera. So I have the utmost respect for him, but I have my own mind uh, as of the last checking on it. It probably should be said that in previous years, we have sometimes, we haven't re- exactly colluded, but we've... <laughs> We've certainly compared notes before sure. casting mm-hmm. our ballots. 
This year, not at all. No, Ooh. Greg and I are both on the nominating committee of the Memphis Music Hall of Fame. They, mm. they let me stay on that. And, uh, we overtly <laughs> collude with uh, two other guys, and and the uh, hierarchy knows it. They're, they're <laughs> happy that we do it, actually. I mean, I would imagine the discussion would be fruitful, and why would you... Uh try to stop that well now we get to hear the the collusion out loud you know we get to maybe be part of the collusion some might say we not necessarily i mean i assume that you know we'll agree a lot but maybe maybe not maybe in total well okay let's start with a name that you know Kristen and i were advocating for last year and someone that i would get the sense that you would both vote for but i don't know and i'm looking at dion warwick Yes, I'm. I'm going to vote for her. Yeah, maybe uh, though, even me, though me she <laughs> doesn't think she should be in the rock and roll, I, I think her definition of rock and roll is very narrow, mm-hmm. which is funny yes. because people have accused me of having a narrow definition of rock and roll, <laughs> to wit, Miles Davis, etc. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been a, a student, not that I'm a music, musical type, but of Backrack and David, and she is their greatest. A vehicle for expression and analogous in some ways to Ronnie Spector for Phil Spector, mm-hmm. uh, not not the bad stuff. Yeah, but, musically, uh, but musically, it's like all right, we we have found our voice, and it is this woman, and it's a remarkable gift she has. I mean, that stuff really stands up. And is it rock and roll? Is the question, and it comes out of the uh, the mill. The, I always said mildew, the media of, <laughs> of, 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 you know, the Brill Building in 1650 Broadway. That's how rock and roll records were made in those days. I think Backrack really had a sense of what it was, even though he knew much more. He was much more scholarly in his approach. I, I don't think the, um, the Marlena Dietrich stuff he did was particularly rock and roll, but uh, <laughs> I think Dion was. And, and a I was just involved with the promotion of a TV special, the Murray the K, It's What's Happening, Baby, Stay in School special, which uh, <laughs> they brought back as a, as a PBS fundraiser. And of course, Dion was on the bill with all kinds of rock acts, and she fit right in. There's no there's no issue. There's no disconnect. I mean, her, her earliest hits were much more R&B oriented, certainly, than her later you know, more pop recordings. The the definition of what rock and roll is, I mean, you can have both a narrow definition as I might normally be inclined to have, but this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a very broad definition at this Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And uh, never the twain necessarily shall meet, but one has to decide. And and to connect it to something I think I've brought up on the show before, but Bob was so nice to sell me some old programs from ceremonies past and no room uh, i moved you know i moved to a small place. I, I if anything <laughs> we were helping each other um, <laughs> but what i thought was interesting is i was thumbing through one from the late 80s and there's a little essay in the beginning as there as there used to be i think seymour used to write it and i thought it was interesting that there was a discussion of the artists that were coming up soon. You know, they had put in 15 performer artists in the second year, almost to make way for the fact that the Beach Boys and Bob Dylan and the Beatles were coming up the next year. 
uh, get in some of those artists who had been around before that explosion. And Dionne Warwick's name was in there. And I thought oh. that was so interesting back then, back when she was becoming eligible in the late 80s, from the hall, there was recognition of, well, you know, Dionne Warwick is becoming eligible soon. That's someone who we will probably consider. And then she was not on the ballot until yeah. 2021. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, for those of us who were around back in those days and, you know, heard her records as they were released and saw her perform, you know, she was considered of a part with rock and roll music. And certainly, you know, records like Don't Make Me Over and and uh, Walk On By and Anyone Who Had a Heart, those are pretty much R&B records. They're oh, not yeah. pop records. The, the big question is, will she be inducted with an E at the end of her name or without it? <laughs> <laughs> right. She was... Um, assigned to Warner Brothers after her long tenure at Scepter, and I worked there. Her name appeared as W-A-R-W-I-C-K-E, Warwicky, and mm. she explained that her numerologist told her it was a better thing to do. Her Warner Brothers record, it didn't sell that well, and I think this has something to do with it. Hey, Greg, do you remember if that, that album was produced by Backrack? Maybe it wasn't. Uh, the first one? The one from Warner Brothers, yeah. Well, there was more than one. I think the first one was... But she did ultimately have a hit with a duet with a. Uh, can you have a duet the spinners. with the four guys? The spinners. The spinners. And it was yeah. that was a Tom Bell production, I would imagine. It was pretty great. Yeah, that was on Atlantic. Right. But, we, but yeah, the first Warner Brothers. Atlantic. Didn't the first Warner Brothers album have have uh, Hasbrook Heights on it? I think so. And that yeah. was Backrack and David. Okay. Pretty sure. So Dion is a uh, getting the X on the ballot. That's yes. good to know. So um, should we mark it. our ballots as we go along? I say do it. I say do it, Look especially if the first, woo! I forget how exciting Perfect. it is. Every year, <laughs> I forget, and then I'm swept up in the magic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, is anyone else worthy? Listen, I, hes- I hesitate to bring up a name that I know at the very least Bob is not a fan of, but someone uh. that we would otherwise advocate for which is Pat Benatar. Uh, no. Oh, not going <laughs> to do it. Sorry. All right. Well, we don't need to, I guess we don't need to waste time on it. I mean, can I, can I just throw a name out? That sure. I, I, I personally think is a no brainer, possibly the only no brainer on the list. And that's Eminem. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I get it. He is to um, rap what Elvis was to R and B. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, I think I know a star when I see one or hear one. And yeah, the first time I saw him perform, I was won over. And I'm not a hip hop guy at all. Yeah, I mean, he he exists in that pantheon of mega superstars who had amazing commercial success, but then also the critics were taken with and was able to create interesting work with a degree of craft uh, while still being the biggest pop star around. Based on the fact that Greg has uh, undue influence on my uh, (laughs) rock and roll decisions, I'll take that one under advisement. Hadn't really thought about it. I think our take on Eminem this year is kind of, he's one of the few that is absolutely, it's like quite highly likely that he's going to get in. Every year we kind of put a rap superstar in on their first year eligible. And, you know, we did it with Biggie, we did it with Tupac, it's Eminem's turn. Uh, So yeah, it feels like Eminem is probably getting in 
Now, I, I, I think last year you guys both voted for the New York Dolls. Were you both at Mercer Street? Did we establish that? Mercer yeah. Art Center. Yeah. yeah. I saw him there. I was there as a fledgling A&R man, actually. Mm-hmm. I was there as the manager of their opening act. That name? The Planets. Perfect. Ah. Binky Phillips and the Planets. <laughs> yes. I, I think I had this discussion, how their, their management screwed me out of the money that I used for the rental of the PA and I had a yes. room mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. small claims cart and but I have no animus towards the band in fact on reflection I think they were quite an amazing uh, undertaking there was no place for them I mean I don't think we said glam I don't think we said punk they just were there it was yeah. really remarkable and you know at the worst they were thought to be like well, maybe they're sort of a Stones knockoff because yeah, no, I, the yeah. singer is kind of like Steven Tyler, who is the most more, much more overt Stones knockoff. I thought of them as the you know next step beyond the Stones. Yeah. That's how I that's how I heard them yeah. at the time. Are you guys considering uh, making a rally for for New York Dolls this year? <laughs> Again? I'm going to vote for them. <laughs> I, I, I always in, had intended to vote for them. Yeah, yeah, so. no, they're. They were one of the five I chose last night, and I'm sticking to it. And they're um, they're a big door opener, genre wise or yeah. you know, style wise. I mean, their impact is much greater than whatever success they had. I mean, much like you know the Velvets. Oh yeah, know, the the influence is just enormous and ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really their big category, uh, but, and it's in ink. It's in ink. Bob's got it in ink. Looks like Greg is taking out the pen. This this is just a guide for me when I, they told me that I could do it by email. Beautiful. Uh, Greg, so you, I mean, you seem to have a list of of five and I think we've heard three of them. Bob, you want to, you want to chime in? Well, along the same lines, I mean, nothing is uh, a total uh, parallel, but I'm going to vote for the MC5. I thought in their day, they were quite remarkable. And, you know, the idea of like melding, uh, you know, revolutionary rhetoric and unabandoned rock and rock and roll was in- incredible. I mean, it's very liberating, actually. We thought that rock and roll would free us. You know, uh, Bob, I, I think this is the year they finally get in. You know, I think they've great. only been nominated like seven times. Yeah. And I think this is, I think well, if, if I there's mean, a year... <laughs> <laughs> to, to be to be uh, frank, no. we believe the reimagined early influence categories where the MC5 is going to end up. That makes sense. I, I mean, I just think the MC5, um, you know, they just like they lit a fuse uh, almost literally in the Midwest. You always thought of Detroit as Motown and mm-hmm. they they made Detroit a fulcrum of un, unabandoned rock and roll, just like wild and literally and figuratively revolutionary. So Greg, do you have any feelings about the MC five this year? Well, I'm not, I'm not voting for them this year, not because I have any particular negative feelings about them. I, I somehow put them in the same category as the dolls, however, figuring not, not musically, especially, but just figuring that they've both been in contention for all these years Mm-hmm. I thought I'd just focus my energies on one at a time. Yeah, um, I'm surprised they're both on the ballot the same yeah. year. Yeah. They do feel like they're in a similar lane. But certainly MC5 is deserving as well, I mean, for all the reasons. Uh, well, And they've been nominated how many times, Joe? This is the sixth go around for MC5. And especially when we saw Kraftwerk and LL Cool J get into side categories after their sixth nomination. I'm thinking maybe that might be what happens with the 
with the MC5. All right, we've got three votes for both of you guys. I have a feeling, this is just me with a feeling. I feel like Devo's in the mix for I'm going to vote for Devo. Yeah, I was like. I I am. (laughs) I'm not particularly a huge Devo fan. I never walked around with a flower pot on my head or anything like that. But (laughs) I I had firsthand experience with them because they were signed to Warner Brothers. And and, um, the first time I saw them play, they played at Larchmont Hall on Larchmont Boulevard. Very strange street, which where my office now is today. So I. I don't think about Devo every time I drive down that street, but the first time I was ever on that street was to see Devo, and it's an important street uh, in my, um, you know, cosmology. But um, I, I think when they did something so different and so so unique, and with a tip of the flower pot to their rock and roll forebears when they did working in a coal mine and satisfaction. Yeah, it was great. It mm-hmm. was sort of like um, you know how uh, Superman had his. Um, other uh, uh, takeoff on Superman, Bizarro. The Bizarro Everything world, yeah. Was like Superman, but it was weird and angular. That That's what Devo is to, you know, quote, regular rock and roll. And I think the musical virtuosity uh, or it, the, the amount of musical innovation that Mark Mothersbaugh has is really, it's quite different. It's, it's, it's like Max Headroom actually came to life and was a band and not a contrivance. They knew what they were doing. And I've seen them in concert, both at Larchmont Hall for 30 people and at the Forum for, you know, 15,000 people. And they delivered every time. And the records are funny. So that's important. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I, I saw Devo last time they were in town at the new YouTube theater down uh, at the SoFi Complex in Inglewood. And it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. They were great. Love Devo. So, yeah, I I just had a feeling. I it's a, I mean, it's that, that would be Greg. Thoughts and feelings on Devo? You're not not a no. I I like Devo fine, but again, they didn't quite make my final cut. Ooh. Maybe next year. Yeah, I think you know for all the reasons that have been stated, you mm-hmm. know they're deserving. Just not for me this year. When we first saw this list, we were like, well, here's who we think is going to get in. And then there's like some wiggle room in the fifth and sixth slots. And now I feel like looking at this ballot, it's like, well, it truly could be anyone. It's not going to be Fela Kuti, but it's it could be really anyone. <laughs> Things feel wild with the Let's Dolly. See, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not really diametrically opposed to Fela, but uh, if you're going to have a um, overseas kind of person other than U.S. and England, Johnny Holiday is is most overtly rock and roll of anybody. Oh, let me let me just say that I am voting for Fela. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. Greg, interesting. We interesting. like it. I was very late to the game there, but we actually went to see the Broadway show. Fela, you saw it too. It's great, and it's, mm-hmm. it was. Just phenomenal. So I ran out and bought some Fela CDs and I was converted. I mean, I'm thinking along the same lines as Merlis just did in in the sense that I spent years advocating for uh, Cliff Richard at the same time that he was advocating for Johnny Halliday. And then you guys were kicked off the nominating committee. Uh, and we were, <laughs> were rewarded for our efforts by getting kicked off the committee. But yeah, I think there should be some recognition of these international acts that were so uh, important in their home territory. 
at the very least. Mm-hmm. You've opened my mind. I mean, I've saw the play. I've had albums by him. I was aware of him very early on and talked to the Warner's International Department about, can't you make a deal to get Fella to come to... They really didn't know who I was talking about, but <laughs> I had the religion about him pretty early on. But then I thought, well, it's not going to happen here. So, but I, I do have a discretionary vote I haven't assigned. So I'm I'm open minded about it. Greg, you may have filled in my ballot now. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm used M&M to I'm used Dalton. to you know I'm used to supporting lost causes in this context. <laughs> so I think he's deserving. You know, speaking of po- political music, mm, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, like the MC5, for instance, exactly, right, exactly. Except more so. Yeah, I mean, this was a man who was an enemy of the state. No, he put his life on the line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think voting for him is a good thing. I don't know that he's going to get it. I think it's highly (laughs) unlikely. I assume he's not, but... It's a long shot. I I'm going to think about it. You you, you opened my eyes to that possibility at any rate. Well, you know, the question of like strategy of are you voting for who needs it most or are you just voting for like who you feel is the most deserving or of your personal taste? I'm just going to vote for the ones that I feel 100% right about. We, we may be there now if I vote for Fela and Eminem. That's it. That's fine. I believe that would take you to six. So you've got to be careful. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're I, right. You've got oh, you're four. Right. You've got four oh, on your ballot. You're right. You're right. So now it's between Fela and Eminem. Anyway, that's an internal debate. You know, or it could be between to... Fela, Eminem, or whoever Greg is going with his fifth vote. Yeah, who's your if that, fifth? If that's decided. I, I shouldn't be in this position of and yet you that are. much influence. <laughs> I mean, our two votes are going to, you know. Just change the world. You don't know. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, I'll tell you who my fifth vote is for. It comes down more to personal experience than some of the others. My fifth and final vote is for the Eurythmics. Love that. I have the distinction of uh, when I became head of A&R at Epic Records, dropping a band called The Tourists, mm, who we sure. already spent a ton of money on with absolutely no success. So I paved the way for Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart to then become the Eurythmics and sign with RCA, where I found myself working a couple of years later as they were just releasing Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. So I take a lot of credit, you see, for, um, <laughs> sure. for, their, great, for their great success. Now, it was all I, you. It was all me. They couldn't have done it without me. They'd still be the tourists, you know, struggling along, covering old Dusty Springfield records. We don't want that. To reference to their one hit, I I just checked it. Yeah, I only want to be with I only you. I want to be with you. I, I understand that you know the quality is there, but I'll tell you, I I got sort of messed up. I went to Mass Mocha up in the Berkshires, and oh, Annie yeah. Lennox had an art. I uh, I, I saw it. I saw it. So awful. Oh, yeah. It made me feel t- negative about her. Um, yeah. it, it was like a pile of dirt with trash in it. I mean, it, it, it said nothing. And because she's Annie Lennox, she got all kinds of coverage in the New York Sunday Times <laughs> magazine. It's like, wait a minute, this is literally trash. And well, <laughs> hey, I'm a rock star. I, I deign this empty gum wrapper to be art. 
now it is. Oh, and, it is a pile well, well, of I, dirt. On the other hand, I saw the same exhibit, and I basically agree with uh, Merlis's uh, evaluation of the exhibit, but I didn't let it influence how I feel about her as a singer. I, I, you know, I, I live with an artist, and um, she's and she loves the Eurythmics. I mean, she really does. <laughs> like, when we got together, she already had Eurythmics album. She didn't need me to get her in on that On wagon. the train. But, you know, it's kind of like, really, just because you're a big star, you get to do this and yeah, indulge but, yourself. You know, that voice, that voice. I know, it's pretty. She's it's, she's it's absolutely. Paid off the walls. Yeah, she's splendid, you know. And, and, so and another did. reason for me not to really think of them, apart from Annie's uh, art, is. Um, that was air quotes, just for anyone they, listening. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to get in without me. So. Ooh. I think that's an interesting see, take. See, I think that's interesting because I'm not so sure. I obviously I'd like for them to get in, but I don't. So I'm I'm currently voting for Eurythmics. All right, Greg. And so I like that. So that's a full ballot. That is. So I'm finished. Greg's I'm out. Full ballot. Eminem, Eurythmics, Felicuti, New York Dolls, and Dionne Warwick. That's yeah. a good ballot. I think based on the discussion here, I will add Fela. <gasps> All right. You know, Ooh. Hopeless, but uh, you know, a good use of my vote. Right. Yeah. Someone who could use it. All right. Well, then that is your ballot. Bob Merlis is voting for Devo, Fela Kuti, MC5, New York Dolls, and Dion Warwick. Wow. I think it shows uh, a lot of, uh, it's very well-rounded and diverse and strange. Yeah. Well, maybe next year, Bob, we can get you to vote for somebody who came after the 70s. We'll see if we can do it. Wait a minute. Somebody came after. No. Devo, well... <laughs> well, that. yeah, that's what you, when you got it's this is a whole boomer self-indulgent yeah thing. no it is, well, I'm it supposed is. To get to, in my dotage i'm supposed to be ecumenical come on don't ask oh eminem is i mean yeah Gre Gre greg's showing that greg's he's, good he's, he's hip to the times he's flexible yeah. i'm rigid that's not <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us and going through this process with us, really, of, of your ballots. It helps yeah. focus one's mind, you know, on these important decisions. Yeah, no, I couldn't have done it without this call. I, I was really, I was avoiding making my choices. And we made it happen right, right here today. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, that's what Thanks, we're here guys. For. Always good to talk to you. A and, pleasure. Uh, hope, hope, hope we made a difference here today. Yes. Till next year, if we're still yeah. on the nominating. Yeah, right. Yeah. If, we're still if, you're still, ballots, if your ballots show about, up next year, we'll see you then. Maybe year. we'll see you at the ceremony for the big fella uh, tribute. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> whenever that happens, you better yeah. be there. Okay. All right, guys. All right. Thanks well, thank again. you. Yeah, right. what a Take treat. Care. We'll talk Adios. to you soon. Bye. 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 That was Bob Merlis and Greg Geller. Always good to talk to them. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to more voters. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're going to keep this rolling right along. We're going to call up the next voter, someone who we have talked to before. But we've never heard his vote. We've never heard his ballot because we uh, became friends with this person within the last year. We talked to him about LL Cool J because he was the original publicity director for Def Jam Records. So, And he was on the nominating committee for a long time, has had a ballot for a long time. Wow. Adding to the list of former nomcom <laughs> members that were just like, we're here to pick you up when you fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring him in. Let's bring in Bill Adler. Hey, Bill. Hey. Hello. Thank you so much for uh, talking with us today and, and sharing, taking us behind the curtain, so to speak. Pleasure. 
Uh, now, I, w- I, I know you might not have the specific number in your head, but uh, how long have you had a ballot, do you think? Gee, I don't know, 20 years or so. I mean, it, 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 as best as I can guess, I've been, I, I wasn't a voter until I was pulled on to the nominating committee. And I did that for probably 10 years. And then it's been another 10 years since they bounced me off the committee and I'm, I'm still allowed to vote. Okay, so. great. And do you vote every year? I do. Why wouldn't I? That's the spirit. That's the spirit. And we love to hear it. <laughs> okay, well, let's, uh, let's talk about who you picked, was there anybody on this ballot right out of the gate where you were like, I don't even have to think about it. Slam dunk. They get they get my vote. Yeah, I sort of feel that way about, you know, virtually all of all of my nominees, my five nominees uh, in alphabetical order. We start with Eminem and, you know, he's just he's so magnificent. And as I, I suppose, as I think about it, you know, he helped evolve the way that rock and roll has been thought of. I mean, you know, I do believe that that rap music essentially became rock and roll uh, or transformed rock and roll. As time went on, you know, it was made easier. Uh, You know, this doesn't say anything wonderful about the United States of America, but it was made easier by white artists like Eminem and before him by the Beastie Boys. And he was so, you know, magnificently creative and he had the extraordinary good luck to work with Dre as his mm-hmm. producer. And so from the very, very beginning, the records he made it destroyed folks. You know, he's a great writer, a great rapper. Uh, the tracks were, were killing. And um, he was immensely popular and, and recognized for his genius right away. And, you know, I, I do think that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would have put itself out of business if they didn't, you know, pull in Eminem as soon as they had the chance. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. yeah. We well just said. did our episode on him and yeah. It really just like kind of reminded me of all that you just said. Yeah. And I'll say this also, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, I feel a personal bias because I grew up in Detroit. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. then you're, you're in the bag in a number of ways. Did you go for the other hip hop act on the ballot, A Trap Called Quest? I did, as a matter of fact. You know, all right. You know, there, there was a period when we were either uh, the label for or the management company for, you know, so many of the top artists of the, the 80s. And somehow Tribe Called Quest was not among them, but De La Soul was. And they were, you know, they were brothers uh, and all of them part of this, uh, the so-called Native Tongues posse. And, you know, as time's gone on, I've dived deeper into a tribe called Quest. I didn't pay that much attention right at the very beginning, but, you know, they had a great, great creative run of the first three, four albums, and uh, they always had their own brand. Um, You know, I like the fact that, uh, among other things, they looked to jazz for samples, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, that was something that was going to mean something to me. And uh, they were just they were just cool, cool like that, as they say. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, they have the opportunity to be inducted now. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's uh, chronologically they, they could have been on the ballot, you know, before some of the hip hop artists who have already gotten in. So sure. it's nice to, to see them finally make it. And you're right. They are very cool. I mean, it's always it's always been one of the, 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 the most appealing things to me about rap is how diverse the the sampling was and is and it, as somebody who's 
tastes are, are pretty broad. I mean, I gave up on the top 40. I expanded beyond the top 40, you know, before I got out of high school. And, uh, you know, to, to see, you know, these artists, you know, to see these rappers having reached out the way that they did uh, to a fun inspiration in all these various kinds of music that preceded them and to use it to animate what they were doing in, in, in their present moment uh, was always an inspiration to me. And it kept the music fresh. And, you know, again, <laughs> to see it embraced now by the Rock Hall of Fame is a great thing. Agreed. Yeah, it'll be exciting if they get in. It's not looking amazing for them. Eminem's certainly much more yeah. of a slam dunk. I don't think mm-hmm. Tribe is out for the count, but you know, they, yeah, I agree. They're they like need all the support in, they can get. I think they're like toward the bottom of the middle of the pack would be kind of my guess for for their likelihood. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's more Vardos like you. You know, I kind of doubt it as I think about it. You know, we might have talked about this the first time that we spoke. And and that is, you know, there's a gulf between the nominating committee and the voting membership. Mm -hmm. And I identify with the nominating committee, you know, a bunch of damned elitists. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm disappointed often in the voting membership. I mean, that's what we talked about last time. When we talked about LL last time, it was really based on the utter failure of the voting membership to to pull in LL Cool J. And I'm still mystified as to why that might be. But in effect, I still identify with the nominating committee and their taste. Yeah. Yeah, there's sometimes a big gulf in between the two. Uh, Now you mentioned Detroit, earlier and i'm looking mm. at at one band in particular that happens to have the <laughs> initials for the voter city in their name that's right uh, i'm curious if you chose them yes absolutely the mc5 um, in effect i grew up with them i was still in high school when their first album came out and you know i always felt a tremendous amount of pride in what they did and i will say also you know at the time even though they were homegrown uh what they did was very very cutting edge it was very rough edged and uh, it was noisy and it might have been you know a, a tad too much for me as whatever i was a 16 year old at the time and uh you know finally i i grew into what they were doing and now you know re- retrospectively i look back and it's very easy to see how influential they've been over the course of the decades to you know the 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 musicians that have come after them and and you know uh in effect they can lay claim to be in uh you know the forefathers of of punk and heavy metal i think well and keeping with your allegiance to the nominating committee versus the voting body at large <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> that's a very nomcom choice number number 6 on the on the ballot for mc5 Oh, you mean this is the sixth yeah, time? Yeah, the sixth yeah. time that they've tried. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe they'll have to be, you know, voted in as, you know, in, in some kind yeah, of... Yeah, we're seeing category. some early influences, our guess. Yeah, but, that seems, you know, they they hit six. That's what LL hit last year. So maybe that's the magic number to then, you know, find alternate ways to, to get them in. Bill, I'm curious, who else did you pick? All right, good. Well, uh, one was Dion Warwick. You know, does it qualify as as rock and roll, the Rock Hall of Fame? You know, I don't know. And truthfully, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. She was a great, great foundational artist in the 60s. And the records that she made then, you know, she had the benefit of working with Bacharach and David. And so, you know, the songwriting is great. The production is immaculate. And, and, you know, to my ears, you know, you can go back and listen to these records you know, I hate to say it, 60 years later, 50 years later, and they still sound so fresh and her, her vocals are still so compelling. 
She's great. And, and, you know, a, again, you know, I've got to wonder how many times was she nominated prior to this year and didn't get in and will she get in this year and whatnot? You know, to me, she's always been a hall of famer. Love Great that. choice. You mm-hmm. know, and if, if we had caught you before you filled out your ballot, we would have advocated for, for Dion. So we're glad oh, good. Very good. That, yeah. you, that you went that way. She's one of the ones we're, we're pulling for. And then there's one, there's one slot left, Bill. All right. Spot number five. Bela Kuti. Okay. And, you know, um, I think that's probably a long shot, but I don't mind. I, I just like the idea of his having, you know, been so influenced by America. I mean, listen, you know, here it is, the, the you know, so-called American pop music is basically African-American music. And, you know, almost in its entirety. Having said that, the idea that, you know, this actual card-carrying African would have been influenced by American music and then, you know, put his own stamp on it and sold that to the world is really interesting to me. You know, I, I, I love the idea that uh, the African influence in America, you know, has been vast and even so, and, you know, and so, and so then under the rubric of America, it, it has stood for uh, American culture globally and sure enough, it bounced all the way back to Africa and, and Fela picked it up and, and uh, uh, reshaped it in his own image. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to give him props at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once again, that's a that's a very nomcom pick. And I, I think it's a long shot, but you got to do it. You know, you got to vote for who you really want. Right. That's what I've always done. You know, it, 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 it makes no difference to me. I mean, this is all in line with, you know, my lifelong taste. You know, some of the stuff I love has been vastly popular and some of it. You know, nobody could even pretend to give a fuck about. I remember arguing for Captain Beefheart and even people in the nominating committee were looking at me with, you know, crossed eyes. Guess what? Fuck you. You know, <laughs> he's, he's, he's magnificent, iconic, absolutely original, funny as hell, a great poet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He needs to be on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in, in, the, in the Hall of Fame. No, I love it. Is, is, I mean, you know, that's just the way I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I'm I'm not the entire, you know, I'm not the entire voting membership. So I, I suppose, you know, yet again, fuck me. But you know, I can sleep at night. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love we love to see the passion. The yes. passion's still burning within you, Bill. It's true. You know, the the, the music still animates me. So um, I have a, a, a weekly Zoom phone call with a bunch of kids I graduated ninth grade with. And, um, you know, I, sometimes, uh, you know, music comes up, sometimes it doesn't. None of them is as, you know, maniacal as I am about the music we grew up with. I've taken note of that. And it's a little kind of astonishing to me because really to have grown up in the 1960s and had the additional advantage of growing up in Detroit was a, bl- a blessing beyond compare. And, you know, to, to be able to go back and listen to that music at my advanced age is, is yet another blessing, not least because it doesn't seem to get old to me. It's still, you know, impactful. It's still powerful. And really, it, for the most part, it still defines my taste in, in any number of directions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Well, Bill, thank you so much for uh, talking to us, sharing with us your picks and your thoughts on this year's ballot. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, listen, you know, I never pretended they're mainstream. I am I am just, I represent myself. I'm glad to be able to uh, talk about my taste uh, in a respectful atmosphere. And I know uh, some of your listeners will will uh, hear what I said and, and, and uh, ask themselves, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So I think you'll get a lot of people who are, are on your wavelength. 
I good. think so. <laughs> I think yeah. so too. Yeah, to review Eminem, Felicuti, MC5, A Tribe Called Quest, Indian Warwick. Good looking ballot, Bill. Good looking ballot, Bill. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Later, Bill. All right, Kristen, time to call somebody else up. Somebody who we called last year, and to his surprise, he was welcomed into like a seven-person Zoom. And we, <laughs> we didn't know that was going to happen before, but this time we will talk to him just one-on-one, perhaps less intimidating. Um, he is a music writer written for a whole ton of publications for the past, you know, potentially 25 years or so, he says. Pitchfork, NPR, you name it. Let's bring in Ned Raggett. Hey, Ned. Hey, how are you? Good to be here. And yes, I, I was remembering last year, I was like, wow, that was a smorgasbord. That was... When did it start and when did it stop? It was like I entered the party. The party kept happening. I left. I went. <laughs> yeah, it was a real party line vibe last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I wasn't minding. We got some interesting discussions oh, yeah. going, but it was a little weird. <laughs> right. and, I, and, you know, I gave no one a heads up because I had grossly underestimated the time it would take to talk to people. So it just started piling on and piling on. And then people decided to stay. And then it just it turned into a different thing. But now we've got you just pure pure ned (laughs) i'm so sorry i mean how nice (laughs) (laughs) well ned you have turned in your ballot already yes i did i pretty much i when it was announced i pretty much figured out what i wanted to vote for um and went okay done i i four out of the five as i'll explain were gimmies and it was the fifth one that i was like over and then i made my decision and then i mailed it in pretty much the day i got it i was like ding 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 i'm gone right and i haven't thought about it since until now <laughs> okay so you, you you say there were four that were gimmies was there anyone at the top of the heap that you were like don't even have to give it a second thought like checking it off immediately yes duran duran okay oh yeah first time on the ballot duran duran any reason in particular i could say nostalgia and that is in fact a large part of it it. but i mean (laughs) but there is much more to it than that i do think that duran are uh an intensely underrated band i have a review of last year's anniversary album to prove it so me (laughs) saying about how slick and good it is which it is to to bring it back it's one of those things that i think the best way to describe it for me is this that there were two bands that uh, when i was young really opened doors for me beyond just simply hey there's music on the radio and i like it or there's something i'm seeing on tv it's a music program i like it Mm because i had been listening to pop radio and things like this on a sort of passive level through the you know mid to late 70s and had some favorites and things like this as a kid i mean keep in mind i was born in 71 so uh and then i more actively started listening to radio in 81 when i was 10 and got to know some bands including another one of the bands i voted for which i'll get to in a second sure 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 duran is one of those moments where i know where I am when I first heard them. And they had already built up an underground reputation as such through various, you know, spots in the in the US before that time with the first album and initial singles. You know, it's just one of those anglophilic things. <laughs> there are already yeah, there are already things happening. Right. But I remember it was uh moved to upstate New York mid-82 and was there for three years. And so it would have been, I want to say it was the end of 82. It might have been the beginning of 83, but pretty much when everything really started to gel and they were starting to break out. Because I remember going downstairs to get breakfast before going off seventh grade radio was playing and i would always be hearing just you know we just had a top 40 station on keep in mind an upstate new york top 40 station we are not mm-hmm. talking about you know classic major market yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we're talking north of albany we're talking to yeah. like you know saratoga Springs specifically and all of a sudden i hear the laugh I hear the guitar riff and it's hungry like the wolf. And I'm like, what is this? And you know, you're I'm forever like, changed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you know, and uh, they and the other band that shortly thereafter were sort of like, 
ah, you know, was uh, Def Leppard with the singles from Pyromania. And I would argue that uh, the way it breaks down is that Def Leppard leads me down the road to eventually heavy metal, noise, et cetera, things like this. Duran Duran leads me down the road to electronics and mm -hmm. uh, synths and things like synths, that. Yeah. Of, yeah. of course, the two intertwine. They're both glam fanatics. That's kind of the point. They are kids yeah. of the 70s glam revolution, arguably mm -hmm. Def Leppard more overtly, but very clearly as well with Duran Duran. Yeah. I mean, duh. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like as, as time goes on, I'm like, oh, Roxy Music. Oh, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. But that takes some time for me to fully understand kind of where they were coming from. But to take this all back, from that point forward, Duran were always a favorites, and they've never not been a favorite of mine. Someone, a band I've always had affection for. I will always have at least a little bit of time for them. But in terms of what they did, in that moment, they were volcanic. They were mm -hmm. massive. They were deservedly massive. That string of singles in the original lineup is nearly unimpeachable. Mm -hmm. um, Rio is just beyond description. And Annie Zaleski's book on Rio that she did for the 33 and a third series is one of the most essential books, I think, focusing on that era and of that time, precisely because unlike a lot of rock writing of the time, it takes the subject seriously and yeah, takes what right. they were doing musically seriously mm -hmm. in the best way. And so if he, if I, if I'm part, it seems like I'm arguing that they should get in just for the one album. It's not just that, although to a large part, really, I mean, it just, that yeah, album is just- Yeah, you could argue so it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right. They, if you look at their discography, you might be, especially since kind of you alluded to the fact that they were not taken seriously critically or by the media, but you look at their discography and it goes into the 90s, surprisingly, with songs that you know and got major radio play. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they have their lulls. I remember the uh, big thing and uh, Liberty era that, you know, they would release stuff and there would be, oh, yeah, I know friends I'm going to talk about, but it, it wouldn't really go anywhere. And then the self-title album hits, uh, Ordinary World hits, boom, changes everything immediately for them again and mm -hmm. gives them a sort of second wave in. And then, you know, and then things go from there. Okay, so Duran Duran with an exclamation point and an underline yes. underneath it. All right. Oh, who, absolutely. Else, who else do we got? Okay, so I mentioned that uh, when I was listening to pop radio in those couple of years beforehand, there was a band who I also voted for, who I remember from that time, Devo. Devo. I, I with the yeah, minute I you we said Duran Duran, I'm like, the next one is going to be Devo. If you're like number one absolute, yes, <laughs> is Duran Duran. Your number two is going to be Devo. Not unsurprising, and also deserve it. I <laughs> no argument there. I mean, their story is now very well told. The name of their box set on Rhino Pioneers that got scalped, you know, the ones who are sort of like they're on the bleeding edge and then they got taken over by events. The weird dynamic between the uh, Mother's Bond and the Casale brothers to this day, I guess, you know, and all that Fleetwood Mac levels of we're here, but we're not talking to each other. Yeah, that's news to me. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the inner drama of, of the band Devo. Uh, There's yeah, a lot you, going on. You got to imagine <laughs> in a group that during their peak had two sets of literal brothers. Mm. there's going to be some drama. Right. Yes. No, it's it's one of those things that, again, I, I don't know the full story, but it's interesting because, again, I was a little too young. The impact was really, if I had been five years older, I think the impact would have been maybe even more profound. I get that from friends of mine who are five to 10 years older was a sense of that this really opened the doors for a lot of things in terms of what they were doing and learning more about them, how they were you know, formed uh, as a reaction to what happened at Kent State and the uh, slings there and Akron and mm -hmm. things like this and what they were trying to work against. You get a sense of what they brought in consciously as sort of a, a certain kind of rigor to what they were doing. It's sort of like, we have a plan, we have a way to apply this to this thing called rock and roll music as they developed it over time. And again, the fact that they did it essentially on their own, just on this corner here where he had people who were appreciating and listening, the very well-known and famed, uh, you know, uh, Ohio rock audience of the 70s, which is a real thing and took in all sorts of interesting stripes and characters. But the fact that they were able to do something that 
so many people from so many different walks of life and so many ways into it. It's almost like you bring what you want to Devo <laughs> is kind of the way almost to yeah. put it. They, they have catchy as hell songs, but when you've got like, you know, bands like Soundgarden on the one hand covering them, and then you have like, you know, random, you know, spirit of new wave, you just sort of like, almost like, you know, the whole cartoon image of the band, mm -hmm. which is intentional. There's this sort of gelling of before the stereotype of, new wave as such came in or the early 80s that they had done it they had already gone through it they had scored huge hits with it and then it's sort of like oh it's all happening but we're here and all that and then they sort of like adapt and went their business different ways now you got mark mothersbaugh doing things like you know movie soundtracks for thor movies the world is weird <laughs> so yeah right yeah well you know you, we're talking about the new wave in, in quotes here do you complete the trifecta of new wave artists yeah, on this question. ballot and vote for the Eurythmics? No. Okay. Ooh. So Nothing against the analytics, but no. Mm -hmm. That okay. is not who I voted okay. for. Okay. However, okay. I did vote for a notable woman vocalist from England, which should tip yep, you there off. There it is. Yep. Kate, Kate Bush. Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely Kate Bush. <laughs> so Kate Bush I voted for a number of times. I think I've also already voted for I think for you Devo might have voted before. for her last year, too. And right? I will vote for I'm her sure again quite did. happily. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll have I, a few I, more chances to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might not I, be the last time. I, yeah, and I will continue to do so. Uh, it's interesting, as time has gone on, that uh, initially, as I got to know her work in the late 80s, I had a sense that all music obsessives were all Kate Bush fans. Not the case. I know many music obsessives are like, ah, oh, it's not quite my thing or all that, but there's no one through line. And even more so than I would say Devo, there's no one through line for Kate Bush fandom. It goes in very interesting ways. As her role as auteur, as ultimately self-contained auteur, someone who certainly had advantages and breaks, but then basically was sort of like, I'm in my own world now, and I really don't care what you think, and conveyed mm -hmm. that more and more. And it also presented the sense of just, you know, changing aesthetic. I mean, the running up that hill single cover even more so than the album art for, for Hounds of Love is probably one of the most striking things from the 80s that drawn back the arrow almost aiming at directly at you. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, that's a very distinct image. This is someone mm -hmm. who is deep control of everything they do. And yeah. it makes sense why they almost didn't want to tour. It's like, I can't control everything. I'll do this instead, you know, and that mm -hmm. turned out to work wonders. So I'm almost arguing for her again, like I'm sure I argued for her last time. <laughs> But to me, this is a slam dunk, you know, and it also tests the idea of what is rock and roll, who is being welcomed here, more about which in a second. And it's Ooh. like she's popular song in another context, in another way to do things. Someone who comes mm -hmm. to this sort of like, I can create a classical song as such. I would like to completely develop it, strip it down to the elements, completely turn it into this some bizarre prog masterpieces, and also use cutting edge technology to do that and blow the minds of like hip hop producers 20 years in the future. Yep. That sounds like rock and roll to me. Really? Yeah. Um, all right. So you said there were four gimmies. So we have one final gimme. Who's your final gimme? Easy. Unquestionably. I just saw them the other week. Judas Priest, I'm sorry. Priest. Nice. Priest. Perfect. Priest. <laughs> Priest. Good. No, no. Both they and you know Maiden really should have gone in as soon as they were eligibly nominated. The fact that the 70s as such, over the course of it, arguably, a bunch of bands from England, one after another, created and then just, you know, nailed down what is heavy metal and shaped an entire 
subcultural and essentially above ground cultural two idea of a style of music and a style. Another new wave as well, if you will. Yeah, hey, um, Michael uh, Mann's um, book. British, of British Den- heavy metal. N-W-O-B-H-N. Here she goes. No, and Michael, Han- Michael no, Han's book, uh, Denim and Leather. That's an excellent book that has just come out earlier this year on uh, new British heavy metal. Absolutely, if you want to get it. Of course, famously, Judas Priest were not new. They had already been a decade into it, but the point mm-hmm. was that they developing it up, they had pretty much right the time to really just put their stamp on it and what they had done as an aesthetic nailed it listen <laughs> nailed ned's it. here ned's here for all the new waves okay i love it i mean part of it is certainly let's just step back briefly before talking a bit more about priests part of it is certainly going to be shaped by my generation my time is sort of like you know i'm sorry I burned down a boomer worship. It's the next set. Yeah, no, clearly, mm-hmm. it's clearly like, so sorry. far with your picks. It's like yeah. we are we are pretty firmly in the in the eighties, right? I mean, the fact that the passion, the cure, finally got in is like good. That took long enough. The last few years, I've finally seen some, mm, let's say, overdue entries come in. As come in some other ones who I have very very meh feelings about <laughs> so and priest is one of the ones that absolutely should get in they are still incredibly entertaining it's obviously a changed band over time you still have two of the key members in it hey you know that's fine one of whom happens to be one of the most compelling and charismatic frontmen who's ever done anything <laughs> and all that rob halford is hiding in plain sight he proceeded to revamp the ideas and then amazing fusion of i mentioned aesthetics you know i you know earlier you know one can say and i know people who will argue this about the queer readings and possibilities of kate bush in particular and a particular fan base there you can just as easily say the same with rob halford in a very mm-hmm. particular way it's a very different event it's interesting how those aesthetics get translated into something that's quote-unquote mainstream it's fascinating and the elaborateness of their constructions the fact that they are dedicated to rock they will bring it to the crowd they are a people's band and uh and they just do their thing the catalog is there the music is there the performances are amazing at their best they're stunning and they can still bring it live yeah Yeah. (laughs) long long overdue and you know we will be talking to people who haven't filled out their ballots yet and you know we will try to enact our influence and priest isn't one that we talked about but like you know if someone is going towards priest i would probably encourage them just because they are so long overdue and Mm -hmm. especially when we talk about the lack of representation of heavy metal in the rock hall priest is like the first domino that has to fall if you really want to make a difference in that regard Okay, so now we got our four gimmies out of the way. Who did you pick for the for the fifth slot? Well, you know, the rock critic uh, types out there of whom I am one, let's face it, it would be sort of like you did pick New York Dolls or MC5, right? And I enjoy them. <laughs> I did not think so. I had one slot left. I'm like, what to pick? What to pick? And here is mm-hmm. the irony. I put myself down and I was like, it's one of these two. It has to be one of these two. I thought and I thought. And I picked one. And the irony is that neither of them want to be in. My choices were down to Dolly or Dion, and neither mm-hmm. of them want in. That's <laughs> true. One, yes. I would say much more emphatically, right. you know, yes. Dolly having put out a literal statement, <laughs> a statement. Right. whereas Dion was more just kind of casually saying, doing the kind of self-protective measure of, well, I don't really care, but... As it happened, it was one of those things as I couldn't pick both. I thought, you know, and to my mind, both of them, you have to understand... We've been talking about like early 80s context radio stuff like that to me. And, you know, you could argue that this is me just voting my youth. Okay, fine. But to me, Dolly and Dion were not like 60s artists nor even 70s artists. To me, they were more like end of the 70s, early 80s artists. 
because that's the context of ignoring hearing them because they were having hits on the radio Certainly. top 40 radio even not mm-hmm. even just country or right. or yeah dolly or, had some major radio. this is when the era where right. dolly started to have major crossover hits and then mm-hmm. this is around the time dion signed with arista so she had her mm-hmm. rebirth uh on the pop charts as well absolutely absolutely so for me this is all tied into it i mean i see dion warwick on like you know solid gold as i'm watching at the time and she was one of the hosts around then dolly was dolly just very well known so again this is not one of those things that you know i you know arguably it's as much sentiment as anything else but the point is sort of like no these were presences these were not just simply legends they were actually people scoring hits that people knew about mm-hmm. and again i had to choose between one of the two i eventually chose dolly and i sent in my ballot and then two or three weeks later <laughs> the statement comes out and went like well arguably i burned that vote but then again beyond's comment came out and i'm like it was going to be one or the other. Either wow. way, it didn't work. So we would are. have encouraged you to make the other choice, but um, we didn't get oh, you well. in time. But we, we didn't get, get you in time. time. You will never but get also- me in time. <laughs> <laughs> you contributed to what might end up being a difficult thing for the hall to have yeah. to deal with, which oh, is yeah. If, yeah. If he gets yeah, we'll the see. Votes. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm not gonna go and protest one way or another. Whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. I mean, if I if I complained about every results after the votes have been able to do these past few years, uh, I would be hoarse permanently. Because <laughs> sure. Things that have sure. gone my way, but I'm just one voter. <laughs> well, you know, you unintentionally voted for chaos with that pick. <laughs> I chose violence. <laughs> All right. Was- so, in in conclusion, Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Judas Priest, and Dolly Parton. That's yep. Ned Raggett's Rock Hall ballot. Well, Ned, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and, and sharing your picks and your thoughts behind this year's nominees. Yes, right, thank, thank you. you. Great Very to talk much to you. Appreciate it. Pleasure to stop by. Bye bye. Okay, Kristen, we're gonna call the next voter, uh, someone who we haven't talked to in a year, because really the first time and only time we've talked to them was their ballot last year. But from New York City, writer, author, pop critic Miles Marshall Lewis. Hey, Miles. Hey, hey. What's going on? Thank you for joining us. Now you have turned in your ballot already, correct? That is correct. Yeah, we have another couple of weeks or something, but I popped mine in the mail. Did you know immediately who you were going to vote for or what was your process like? Well, yeah, I did pretty much know immediately once I saw it. The one toss up was maybe between Eurythmics and Duran Duran. Okay, the kind of the battle 80s of the new, new wave. wave. Right. <laughs> Slide. All right. So when you when you look at this ballot, is there anybody immediately like at the top of the heap? I'm definitely checking yeah, this one. Who's off. your number one with a bullet? Like your your yeah, slam sure. dunk. Sure. I mean, I would have to say there's a couple for me. I mean, a tribe called Quest, I just really want them in. And then also mm-hmm. Fela, you know, Fela Kuni. Mm-hmm. I voted okay. for past. He still hasn't made it. And, uh, you know, he created a whole genre. Like, you know, I kind of feel like uh, he deserves it. And, you know, not only that, but I mean, just the way his life uh, was, you know, mixed up with the politics of where he came from, which was mixed up with his music. He was really like a cultural force. And so he deserved it. And then at Tropical Quest, I'm just a huge fan. And and they did so much for uh, carving out a lane hip hop that arguably didn't really exist before. So, you know, they were slam dunks. Yeah, good choices. You know, we've we've talked to four people that have voted for Fela Kuti. Interesting. Oh, yeah, enough. which is it's probably more indicative of the type of people we talk to than the uh, <laughs> overall likelihood of the Fela induction. But I, uh, <laughs> I do you do like to hear it though. I like it shows why he is nominated again. You know, there is the appetite for his induction does exist. I think we were 
were shocked when he was on the ballot, you know, last year, I think both okay, of us right. were like, hadn't seen it coming. And, and I mean, I'm curious about the follow-up. We think it's more likely that he'll get inducted in like musical excellence, like okay. a side category, or um, you think musical excellence, right, Joe? Not Yeah, likely, or they make up a category. Or world uh, music so as a new category, yeah. I don't know. But uh, it's cool that he seems to be now a, a regular slot on the ballot that it wasn't just a, a fluke no i agree i agree and you know having grown up in the na- 1980s you know i have a soft spot for uh certain inductees because eurythmics uh duran duran pat benatar uh even lionel richie who i didn't vote for their music is all really important to me because of the age that it impacted me you know so yeah yeah you can feel the ballot sliding away from the boomers and solidly mm-hmm. into gen x like you can feel <laughs> where the the nominations are going and kind of like whose nostalgia is more important now uh mm-hmm. it's kind of it's it's been an interesting thing of those seminal 80s artists you said no Lionel not this time around no <laughs> did, did you did you give it up for my girl Pat Benatar I'm worried about her oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I feel that she she definitely deserves it. I was a big Pat Benatar fan, you know, hit me with your best shot and love is a battlefield. Mm-hmm. Certainly we belong, you know, all that stuff was important to me. And, uh, you know, I respect her spot in terms of being a female rock and roll artist on a Joan Jett kind of level. I mean, she just sort of. Pat Benatar, how could you say no? Uh, as far Thank as I'm you. Concerned. I love to hear it. I've heard no from a lot of people. So yeah. uh, you're <laughs> our first a- <laughs> first Benatar vote. The uh, star, so yes. no, I want her in with a quick. It's giving me a heart attack. I'm really, uh, I'm not. The first time that she was nominated since we've started the show, I said that mm-hmm. if she didn't get in, I would quit the show. And yet here we are. I have, <laughs> I have no scruples. But she's just someone who I really want in and think is very deserved. But she just seems to get buried by some of these other people on the ballot. Right, right. I remember that era. I mean, I. Obviously, Devo, I can understand the the argument for Devo, but I definitely voted for Pat Benatar over Devo. I'm surprised to be the first Pat Benatar vote. I don't know if if it's going to Devo or not over her. We're still pretty early in our process of talking to people. So, you know, hopefully, fingers Uh crossed for Pat. I just, I feel like the lane a little bit has been cleared for Pat in terms of the pure classic rock on this ballot, you know, which makes me think positive thoughts about Pat because Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, we're on a ballot where Pat Benatar is one of the most classic rock artists. And that will, I think, I think that might serve her, you know. I think so too. If you're a betting person, Uh, that's, you know, where you you might want to put your money, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm squarely like MTV era, uh, Mm -hmm. MTV baby, you know, and so those videos, you know, where she shared the same choreographer as, as Michael Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. You know, on on uh, something like uh, Love Is a Battlefield, for example. Yeah. You know, same I shoulder just... shimmy. Same yeah. shoulder totally. shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I have that at the forefront of my mind in terms of like seeing her and, and remembering that era. Officially, my votes were Pat Benatar, Eurythmics, Fela, mm-hmm. A Tribe Called Quest, and Dion Warwick. What a ballot! That's what good. A beautiful <laughs> ballot. <laughs> I, I. It's just we're at this point where the artists that were nominated this year, it's really hard to come up with a case against many of them. Like there's nobody Mm -hmm. who is going to get inducted that I'm going to be squarely angry about or like truly annoyed. This year- I have one. Ooh, who? (laughs) Well, it's Eminem. 
Mm, mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> now hit us with your uh, with your best take. Yeah, uh, Eminem, I would say, is one of the greatest MCs of all time. If your list comprises about 15 MCs, but <laughs> no, I just feel like there are so many other rappers who deserve to be inducted before Eminem that uh, if he got the vote, I would be sort of annoyed because so many other people aren't in. I, I don't have a running list in my head of who's not in, but Ooh, certainly <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be, you know, it's a 15 lot. scenes that go, I mean, at least 15, more than that. Yeah. Right, you know, is Rakim in? No, that's one of the big ones. Okay, one of the so big foundational. going to go in before Rakim? Well, you know? the argument, I guess, for Eminem in that regard is with the hall, you kind of have to get the hip hop in however you can. And okay. knowing that, like, I think Eminem's almost certainly getting in. He's just too popular. Wow. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, voters... it's looking very good for him this year. Really? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Big Daddy Kane is not in. Rakim is not in. The big ones that aren't in, and there's, like you said, there's a lot, but it's like Eric B and Rakim, Bambada is not in. Um, right. Snoop isn't in. Uh, right. You know, Wu-Tang like, Clan right. isn't yeah. in. None of that uh, makes sense. Soul, et cetera. Right, right. No, none of that makes sense. You know, yeah. Eminem, he'll have his day, but it should be maybe 10 years from now. Well, uh, I'm sorry to pre- it, it preemptively... Be, uh, very likely be about six months from now. Disappoint um, you, but yeah. It's it's because yeah, well, he's just one of those, like, you know, he's like top 10 best-selling recording artists of all time. It's well, yeah, like, there's the... That's the just... Itself, but that's just, yeah. And they yeah. like the all-star MC induction. You know, we had Jay-Z mm-hmm. last year. We had Biggie two years ago okay. and then Tupac okay. the year before. They like to do the big name superstar, uh, superstar rapper. What happens is a lot of those names that we threw out there get kind of pushed to the side. Like it happened to LL Cool J for seven years. Right, You read my mind. Right. We'll see. I mean, you did your work here by voting for Tribe. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, how about that? (laughs) And this is their first nomination. And so it's exciting to see them on the ballot. I think that is like, it is not going to be an easy walk for them. I would love, I mean, personally. You did your part. You did your (laughs) part. You went with Dion though and that's one that we would have if you hadn't filled it out we would have pushed you to do but it seems like we wouldn't have had to Um, yeah yeah no she deserves it obviously yeah i I had to do my part to to get her in just because uh it's been so long i mean is she not to say that she's the oldest person on the ballot but she's from the earliest era on the ballot. i mean i think her first recording was 1962 and right. I, I guess Dolly maybe had put out some stuff before that. Okay, but right. yeah, we're, if we're talking chronologically, Dion's yeah. been waiting for a long time. That's how I feel. And yeah. she's 82, you know? Right, yeah. She but can yeah, she still is... appreciate it. She's still with us. Right, let's right. Go. active. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, let's not do it posthumously. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Let's get this done. We've had too many of those. So right. I would really. Who on the ballot this year? Who would be posthumous this year, Joe? Fella. And mm-hmm. then there's some members of, you know, Devo who are Oh, with New York us. Dolls. There's, there's only a, one. Most of the New York member. Dolls are not with mm-hmm. us. About three out of the MC5 yeah, right. mm-hmm. are not with us. And yeah, there's some throughout the bands. I mean, Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest mm-hmm. is no longer with us. Right. So, but Fella's the only one that is like, there's nobody. No remaining members. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay. And Miles, you said it was between Duran Duran and Eurythmics for you, and you went Eurythmics. Yeah, uh, I just want more women in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> so uh, yes. if I felt equally about Duran Duran and Eurythmics, I just threw it to Annie Lennox, you know? My man, Miles, coming through. <laughs> love it. Yeah, you know, I have equal love for both bands. Again, you know, MTV Baby, I can recite uh, the scenarios to each one of all of their videos. But yeah, when it comes down to it, uh, I want Annie Lennox on stage doing something yeah. uh, with Dan Stewart. Yeah, I think that's a good methodology is if you're between two bands, maybe go for the band that has a woman in it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did, you know, yeah. but Duran Duran, it won't take long for them. I think this year it's yeah. I mean, the other They're thing is like they looking very good probably didn't year. need your right. vote otherwise. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. in that regard, you also you did the Lord's work. This uh, wasn't the first year for them, was it? It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. OK. okay. And so that's part of why I think it's going to be. Sometimes when you have a band that's been eligible for a long time, mm -hmm. but then they finally get on the ballot, then they get in immediately. It's the first chance anybody has to vote for them. Right. Typically, that's the best shot. I know last year you could do an all-Black ballot and you could do an all-female yeah. ballot. Um, okay. Is okay. that possible this year? You can do an all-female, yeah. right? Because you can do Dion, Carly, Dolly, Kate Bush, and Pat Benatar. Mm -hmm. And you could also put throw your rhythmics in there if that you would, wanted to alternate. I understand, to, that, mm -hmm. but I mean, technically, uh, technically <laughs> a band with all with women in it. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Just meaning like you also have another option as well. But in terms of an all black ballot, I mean, you could do Dion, Tribe, Lionel, Fella, but then that's it. So. No. Allow me to pose a question. Do you think that people diverted their vote away from Dolly Parton this year on the ballot because she said that she wasn't interested? I do. But part of the issue is that the, as you may remember, the voting was open. Right. Uh, and so ballots had, had been, already. yeah, ballots had mm -hmm. turned in. So, but I think post announcement, absolutely. I mean, I know mm -hmm. I, if I was thinking about voting for Dolly, I, I, if she didn't want it and felt strongly <laughs> enough to post, you know, a, a, an attempted withdrawal. Yeah, I, I would have then diverted my my votes. Totally. That's, it's going to be so interesting what happens with the Dolly Parton of it all. Mm -hmm. I'm It's become really a big question. Curious. It went from a lock because we, we assumed it was going to be like, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. she's going to get in. She's the biggest name on this and ballot. And I was very excited. And now it's like... <laughs> It's a question if it's going to be, if she's going to still make the cut and it'll be chaotic or if she just won't make uh, it and we'll yeah, get to another year or maybe or if forget it. she does it. make the cut, maybe I wonder if they, I mean, you know, what kind of, what kind of, of backroom sort? dealing will be happening? Well, if mm. she says, oh, I don't really want, no, thank you. Just give it to someone else. Like even if she was like number four or number third vote getter after all the dust settles from the attempted... <laughs> Uh -huh. removal do you think they would still induct her after she said she didn't want it or do you mm. think there could be some secret dealing i think they would have to i don't think they can set the precedent even if it's just internally that they can like shuffle things around based on what people want would be my guess but that's me assuming there's some integrity involved yeah it's come all... on joe <laughs> it's all behind the curtain so you know i, I can't say for sure but I, that's what i would do right Interesting. And that's why I'm running for president of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, you are. This has been a four-year-long campaign. We'll see what they do. <laughs> Your move, Hall. Yeah, right? 
<laughs> uh, well, Miles, your your ballot is Pat Benatar, the Eurythmics, Fela Kuti, A Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. That is correct. And uh, it's hard to imagine voting for anybody from the 90s. Uh, I know this ballot has Rage Against the Machine on it and Beck and, like we mentioned, Eminem. Uh, it's interesting that Eminem, you know, would get in. You said he's sort of a shoe-in. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to to picture. Well, but then try. The first album came out in 90, so. That's it's true, yeah. So, so. Eat your words. But <laughs> 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 well, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. And yeah. uh, we, we really appreciate it. You're actually going to be... You're going to be the last guest on this particular episode. So if you want to plug anything, you get the opportunity to do that. For sure, yeah. Please pick up uh, Promise That You Will Sing About Me, The Power and Poetry of Kendrick Lamar, my Kendrick Lamar uh, biography that came out maybe six months ago. And uh, I'm currently hard at work at a similar cultural biography of Dave Chappelle. So that'll be next year maybe 2024 excellent oh yeah fascinating also someone who was at the hall the induction ceremony last year inducting jay-z inducting jay-z and then also kendrick an absolute shoe in a lock for his first year unless something goes terribly awry (laughs) in the coming in the coming years and yeah future inductee future inductee kendrick lamar without a doubt (laughs) all right good talk all right good to talk to you have a good one And that will do it for the episode. But before we're done, let's just kind of review who we've talked to and who they voted for. We've talked to buddies, Bob Merlis and Greg Geller together. And then we also talked to Bill Adler, who, like Bob and Greg, had been on the nominating committee for a long time. We talked to writer Ned Raggett. And then obviously we just talked to Miles. And the tally right now is one for Pat Benatar, one for Kate Bush, two for Devo, one for Duran Duran two for Eminem, two for the Rhythmics, one for Judas Priest, four for Fela Kuti (laughs) in a a tie for the lead, two for MC5, two for New York Dolls, one for Dolly Parton, two for Tribe Called Quest, and then tied for the lead is Dionne Warwick with four votes as well. Wow. We really have some good guests. Our guests are interesting and they are smart and they should have weighted ballots if I <laughs> if I got to choose. Mm-hmm. At the moment, no votes for Beck, no votes for Rage, Lionel, or Carly Simon. Interesting. And two of those four are people that we have considered likely to get in. It's true. I mean, we're thinking Lionel and then Carly, but Carly. perhaps they're in danger. Anything can happen. At the is Rock it, Hall? <laughs> is this exciting? Uh, it might be. Oh, it no. might just be. <laughs> so this, this will be first of many. I don't know how many, but we're going to keep calling people. So stay tuned for that. And our listeners know they can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. RockHallPod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Kristen to see your message, you need to designate that somewhere in there. Otherwise, I'm not going to forward it and she doesn't want to read it. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. Anything else? Anything less than five would be rude and cruel. And we you wouldn't do that to us after all we've done for you. Uh, the access in this episode alone. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. And thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares? About the Rock Hall. Rock Hall.